Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. With you live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for the first time, I think, in six weeks. I was out preaching uh, in New Mexico, which ended up going three weeks, and then two different spots in Florida, and then back home, and I'm back with you now. The title today, which I don't like doing titles like this, because I like these broadcasts to be timeless, where somebody could watch them uh, two years from now or whatever. This is Divine Guidance for September 2021, 10 Bible Keys and Prophetic Declarations for Your Life and Family. And uh, you're going to enjoy today. So... I know we have a lot of partners that watch with us. Lyric, I saw you in New Mexico with your great family. Hi, Shanette, nice to see you in California. Marcelo, Justin, and Kate on the app. Glad you're here. Um, I want to show you, because we have enough friends and partners watching that give to us monthly, what we do. Because we don't just sit here and, and broadcast, which would be fine if we did. But this is an evangelistic ministry or a soul-winning ministry. And the name of it's Revival Today, which the first word is revival, which revivals make churches big. They change, they change communities. And uh, a lot of people lecture on revivals that have never had one. We had some revivals this last month. There were 182 first-time visitors that gave their life to Jesus Christ in New Mexico. That's not recommitments. That's not counting somebody that came up on Monday and then came up again on Tuesday, which is fine. But I'm, I want you to hear me. I'm not saying 182 people came to the altar. We had way more than that come to the altar. 182 brand new people that they had no record of ever having come to the church before. That's a revival. So here, I want, you to, I want to show you what you're a part of and enjoy the fruit of, of your labor because we're co-laborers. Someone goes and preach, and someone sends the preacher. Here it is. You're not like everybody else. You're not going to live like everybody else. You are anointed with fresh oil. You are blessed by the Most High God who made the heavens and the earth. one thing to know about God, but it's another thing to have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Can I tell you something? Whatever you came in here with tonight, it's staying in the sanctuary. You're going home free and delivered, not by might. That guy that came in uh, with the mask on, he's in, he's in late stage uh, leukemia. And so he's immunocompromised, so he didn't want to come in, in the building. He wanted me to come out to the car to pray for him, which I was going to do. And then as I was preaching, I saw him, I saw him come in the building, you know, which was big. Because I, I don't know if he was a, a believer or not. But when he heard, you know, the word produces faith. It's pretty great. So back it up. and Then that, that in Apopka, the New Mexico meeting ran into to Apopka. So I sent, I had a Dallas go by jet to do the Friday night there, and we simultaneously preached her in Florida, me in New Mexico. Double impact, like that John claude Van Damme movie. Uh, go ahead. 
tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Can I tell you something? Whatever you came in here with tonight, it's staying in the sanctuary. You're going home free and delivered, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. The same winds blow. The same waves crash. It doesn't exempt you from problems. That's where people miss it. They think if they start believing in God, everything just magically goes away. No. The wind blows. The waves crash. But after the storm has passed, your home is still standing firm. I see your life standing firm by the gospel of Jesus Christ from now until when Christ calls you out of the earth. Man, praise the Lord. Watching that video reminded me that it's time for a haircut. So thanks. Thanks for standing with us. Thanks for believing in us. And uh, there's a lot of great ministries that you could be a part of. But this is one of them. Because this ministry makes impact by the grace of God. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all the Lord's done. I'm thankful for the Lord sending you our way. And uh, I'll get started today. Divine Guidance for September 2021. Ten Bible keys and prophetic declarations for your life and family. Start with me, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. I have a feeling that's going to be botched in the New Living Translation. 1 Chronicles 12. Verse 32. It's amazing how much impact you can make on a child teaching them. Because when I go to look up scriptures, the song they taught me in second grade Christian school to memorize the Bible, the Bible still is what plays in my head to help me find it. First Chronicles 12.32 And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. Look at the first part of that again. And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. So the Bible notes men in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, that by the wisdom of God, understood what time they were living in and what they should do. If you've been following me for any period of time, you know, um, <laughs> thanks, Claudia. <laughs> Pete said, I go to like this Facebook page, and they warn me this page may go against community standards. Oh, I do, I do go against their standards. I saw the Facebook COO said that she'd like churches to start holding virtual reality church using Facebook when they come out with it. I, I bet you would. Then you'll have total control. Anyway, I'm not talking about that right now. Um, if you've heard me, if you've been around my ministry for any period of time, you've heard me teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Three of them say something. Three of them do something. Three of them reveal something. The three that say something, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. The three that do something, special faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles. The three that reveal something, discerning of spirits. 
word of knowledge, word of wisdom. The operation of this gift, word of wisdom, which was taught for a long time that, it, that somebody had the gift of wisdom. So like if somebody did well in school, they would teach that that's what the gift of wisdom was. But it's not the gift of wisdom, it's the word of wisdom, which obviously operated in the sons of Issachar because they knew what time it was. Not, not like that it's quarter after 11. They knew what time they were living in, and then what did that give them the ability to do? They knew what Israel ought to do because they understood the time. Daniel operated probably the most strongly in that gift of anybody you read in the Bible. You're still studying today the rise and fall of empires based on what Daniel said would happen. His prophecies aren't even all fulfilled yet. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. Somebody wrote on Twitter the other day, does anybody know a good book on the rise and fall of empires? I, I wrote the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future. I want you to write those words down, those three words, certain to happen. Bible prophecy is not guesswork. Bible prophecy tells you what's certain to happen. So Daniel goes on a 21-day fast, which a lot of people know, but what, what precipitated the fast? What precipitated the fast was in studying the book of Jeremiah, Daniel knew that the time that God had set for his people to be in captivity in Babylon had expired but they were still in captivity. So he fasted and prayed about why they were still in captivity. Now think of this. If God set a period of time for his children to be in captivity, which he did, any efforts you made to try to get out of captivity, you'd be fighting against God. They would fail. But then once it was time to get out of captivity, any efforts to keep them in captivity failed. So that's why it's important to know what the times and seasons are. What is God doing? What's his agenda? Because if you know that, you won't fight against God, you'll fight with God against, against things that are holding back his will on the earth. Very important. One of the reasons I had utmost confidence to stay open and preach and knew I wouldn't die or lose my lungs last year is I knew what time it is. It's, it's time, it's the church age. It's time to preach. It's time to win souls. Any efforts to go after souls are blessed by God. The, those that oppose those efforts are cursed by God. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. So you saw other churches that shut down or ministries that shut down. They didn't know what time or season it was. You saw people take that obscure verse out of Isaiah about the woman taking the child and going into hiding and said, maybe, you know, God wants us to shut down and hide from the virus. No, no. 
You, you have poor understanding from the scripture. I want you to write this down and you can put it in your notes. Good to see you, Jacob. Write this down. We are in the church age. Good to see you, Victor in Kenya. Man, I, I forgot how many people watch from all over the place. We're in the church age. This is the age of the church. This age is defined by the actions of the church. That began in Acts chapter 2. The church is in charge. This is our time up until the rapture. The church cannot have its course of actions dictated to it by the devil, by governments, unless it allows it. The church has full dominion on the earth. And I'm going to show you why. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Second Peter 3. Now this is interesting. Might as well, might as well uh, get into this. Second Peter 3, 8. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to perish. So he's giving more time for people to repent. What's the only reason that Christ hasn't raptured the church? What's the only reason that the tribulation hasn't kicked off? The Lord is waiting so that people have time to be saved. What's the only way people can get saved? Turn to Romans chapter 10. Verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they, if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You see that? That's the personal responsibility of the Christian and of the church. The Bible tells you that people can't get saved unless someone goes and tells them. Let's just pray that the people in Afghanistan, even though the church has been banned, that they just have an encounter with God. That doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. People used to understand that. That's why there were great missionary movements, starting with William Carey in the 1600s, to take the gospel all over the world. And then now, everybody just wants to keep every place in prayer. Shut the church down, and, and we'll just pray. You know, if you could do that, do you think I'd ever spend one day out of my house or one night out of my own bed every pastor that called hey we'd like you to come to georgia no no need father just appear to the people in georgia let them have encounters with you doesn't work like that wish it did but it doesn't you can't send god to do what he sent you to do Well said. Pastor Tyler, my friend in Saskatchewan, said Paul had the encounter, then he began to preach. That's right. You have an encounter with God, and then, and then you minister to people. 
I mean, Acts chapter 10, and I, I, if I'm going to get through all these, I can't dwell on any point that long. An angel appeared to Cornelius, told him where Peter was, and said, send men to Peter to have him come back to your house, and he will tell you how to be saved. Why didn't the angel just do it? Because it's not been given to angels to preach the gospel. That task has been given to men. Men and women. Number one, it's imperative to know the times and seasons. What time are we in right now? I'm going to give, I'm going to give you two. Number one, we are in the church age. Let me see if, uh, if Dake has a chart on it in the back. I bet he does. Yep. So you had Man, it's an intense chart. I'm going to get this once and for all. If somebody can help me, because I don't want to get it wrong. 2,000 years from Adam to who? Abraham? And then is it 2,000 years from Abraham to David or 2,000 years from Abraham to Christ? Abraham to Christ, 2,000. And then, not just the life of Christ, what Christ birthed. So we'll say, then you have what Christ came to do, which is to launch the church, which was about 33 to 30, 32 to 34 AD, the day of Pentecost. And 2,000 years... From Christ slash the church age to what? Well, we'll find out shortly. But the Bible talks about the times of the Gentiles coming to an end, and then everything's going to start to revolve around the Middle East and Israel again. And you can see the transition and the transition happening even as we speak. Where's all the focus of the world today? It's not London. It's not New York City. Right where it all started. Mesopotamia. Israel. 
Christ slash the church age, 2,000 years, is it any wonder that there's a UN Agenda 2030 where they want total population control, basically the Antichrist system in place at the exact 2,000 year mark from the resurrection of Christ which, and then a few days later which birthed uh, the church on the day of Pentecost. We are coming to the end of the church age. But we're not at the end yet. And while the church is here, the church is in charge. Don't ever forget that. Any effort to stop the church, if it's resisted by the church, will fail. That's why every church that's get locked down and shut down, it's all for the same reason. They let it happen. Australia on down the line. But anywhere where anybody resisted, if there was any state in the United States where one pastor resisted, it shut the whole thing down. You look at the churches that resisted in Canada, they're, they're packed, packed out the doors now. James Coates and the rest of them. Because right now is the age of the church. Just like Daniel knew, there was no point in trying to get God's people free while they were still in the period of captivity. But then after that time expired, there was no point in trying to keep them bound. It would fail. You have to know the time and the season that you're living in. So if they announce a new plague, does that stop? Does that change the time? No. Because Jesus specifically said during this time, there would be plagues, which means incurable sickness and disease. This is our time. The church is not, you know, an oppressed, martyred church. The church is a dominant, glorious entity. Charged to carry out the Great Commission, backed by God's power to get it done. Number one, you can know the time and season that you're living in. We are at the end of the church age. Where the focus now is soul winning. Acts chapter 2. Number 2, Acts chapter 2. Thanks for joining me today. Acts 2, 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Ghost and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about it. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. What you see today was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Number two, the last days 
began on the day of Pentecost. So when people say, do you think we're living in the last days? According to the apostle Peter, the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy that said in the last days, Yes, it's on YouTube as we speak. The last days began at Pentecost. Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Peter said, this is the fulfillment of what Joel said. And people said, do you think, you think maybe we're living in the last days? Uh, <laughs> we've been living in the last days for almost 2,000 years. It's almost over. This age is almost over. My father used to say when he preached pretty regularly, it's his firm belief that if you're living, if you live a life not cut short by tragedy, you'll either be an eyewitness to or a participant in the rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that. I totally believe that. We're in the last day. We're not in the last days. We're in the final hour of the last days. See, you understand this? The CDC can't tell you what it's time to do and what it's not time to do. You, you know from the Bible what it's time to do. Number three. Today is divine guidance for September 2021. Ten Bible keys and prophetic declarations for your life and family. Number three. There are limitations to what the devil can accomplish. The devil is not more powerful than God. The devil's not as powerful as God. The devil is not in the same realm that God's in. There are limitations as to what Satan can do. Let me find the scripture that just came to my, my spirit. Revelation 12, 7. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan... The one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. So when Satan made war in heaven, did he prevail or did he prevail not? He prevailed not. The Bible says he was cast down to earth in great anger. That's what you're seeing right now. For he knows his time was short. Where's that in the Bible? I thought I just read like two more verses. Revelation 12, 12. I might as well read the whole thing. 10. Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. 
It has come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before God day and night. And they have defeated him by the... They will defeat him or they have defeated him. The devil's just planning many. We need to pray. No, he's defeated. He needs to pray. I don't know who he prays to, but he should pray. Because he's got no chance. I'm not, I'm not in a position where I need help. He's in a position where he needs help. I have victory and I have help. They defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives even to death. That's, that's what the world can't figure out about a true Christian. It's not that we don't know there's a virus, it's that we're not afraid to die. Yeah, but you can kill other people. Not if you stay home and save lives. Go triple mask in your house. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens, rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that his time is short. That's what you're seeing happen right now. It's the last, right now is the last temper tantrum of Satan, knowing that he's almost out of time. And he's going to get his rear end thrown in. outer darkness or there's weeping and gnashing of teeth he's gonna you know people have this picture here like the devil runs it and he torture he's he's gonna get bound and thrown in the fire hell's not his place to torture people it's it was actually created just for him to get tortured and he knows that so he's having his last flare-up before he knows what's going on. Everything that you're seeing in the world right now that's negative is traced back to that. Because once he's off the scene, things will be so peaceful that lions and lambs will lay down together. That's called severe peace. Sounds like a, a Christian heavy metal band. There are limitations as to what Satan can, accomp can accomplish. Stop being impressed with the enemy. Stop focusing on the enemy. He has no dominion over you. The people who work for him. I have a question. If Satan's under your feet, how much further under your feet are witches or government leaders that are in league with Satan? You know, a lot of these people that are in government, Jonathan... They're actually in satanic cults. Who cares? I'm in a heavenly, I'm in a heavenly covenant, which trumps their satanic cult. They can drink all the freaking cat pee and goat's blood they want. It, it doesn't do anything in the same sphere that the blood of Jesus already did for me. So go have your little rituals. I don't care. There's nothing you can do that will change your position from being under my feet. The devil's under my feet. The people who work for the devil are under my feet. The things that accompany the devil are under my feet. 
sickness and disease, poverty, insanity, loss of sound mind, fear. All those things are under my feet. I don't have to try to get them under my feet. I don't have to pray real hard and shake my head to get them under my feet. They're under my feet. Look, notice what the Bible said. Rejo Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. I have a question for you. Where do you live? According, according to Ephesians 1 and 2. Where are you seated right now? We are seated in heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers. You who live in the heavens rejoice. If you're not rejoicing, something's wrong. You want to know what rejoicing isn't? They're going to turn every Walmart into a concentration camp, and they're, they're actually building forced vaccination sites right now, and if your child isn't vaccinated, they're going to take them out of your... Shut up. Stop parroting the devil's plans. Just because he has plans doesn't mean he can carry them out. Ask Haman. Just because they're writing legislation doesn't mean they can carry the legislation out. We defeated their plans in America, and if they relaunched them, we'll defeat them again. But this, this Afghanistan thing has kicked the legs out from under Biden. So whatever they were going to push, they don't have the power to do it. It's been defeated. It'll be continue to be defeated because they've already been defeated, and we already have the victory. It's good to pay attention to what's going on in the government. But this brings me to number four. Number four, Revelation, or, uh, Matthew 16, 18. Matthew 18, 18. Whatever you bind on earth, I will bind it in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I will loose it in heaven. Number four. Remember the place of binding and loosing. A Christian is not here to have their life dictated to them. A Christian was given a mouth that carries God's power to dictate to life what it has to bring them. You don't wait to see what life brings you. You use your mouth to command life what to bring you. Life doesn't give you what you deserve. Life gives you what you demand. Whatever you bind on earth. We bound the attempt of the United States, agents in the United States, to shut the church down. Did it work or not? Sure did. What happened in countries where they didn't do that? Well, they're, they're still messed up. Nigeria bound it. I watched Bishop David Oyedepo stand up while they were under lockdown orders. No public gatherings, mandatory masks. 
and say this church is now declared open at full capacity the next time it will close will be for the rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let me catch you in here with a mask on and what happened they're blowing up huge attendance started 10,000 churches last year because you don't have to have your life dictated to you you can use your mouth and dictate to life remember the place of binding and loosing well all i know is god's on the throne and he no yeah what does that have to do with anything god didn't say i'm on the throne leave it to me he said whatever you bind i'll back you whatever you loose i'll back you your mouth has to start it and we all know here most most christians only use their mouth to parrot what the devil's doing did you hear the um new bill that they're trying to pass shut up bind it and be done with it let me tell you something if you're not at peace you're not in faith if you're not rejoicing you're not in faith this is the day the lord has made i will be worried about all the evil that's being planned in it no this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice and be glad. And while I'm at it, let's cover this under number four and remembering the place of binding and loosing. Most of the devil, all of the devil's plans in the Bible failed. Okay? And most of them were foiled by between one and three people. I want you to write that down. Most of Satan's plans in the Bible were foiled by between one and three people. You know, I've been trying to rally the Christian leaders in our nation. You don't need them all. You need one, you need you. Jesus didn't say y'all can say to the mountain. He said you can say to the mountain. Elijah had no prayer team and no praise and worship team. To help him call fire down from heaven. He just did it. If you don't have anybody helping you, you and Jesus are enough. Sorry to contradict all the Instagram preachers. How many of you know you're enough? I just want to talk to you about how you... No, you're not enough, but you and Christ are. Without him, you can do nothing. But with him, you can do all things because he gives you strength. There wasn't a, a big team of guys didn't defeat Goliath and the Philistines. One teenager did. Don't ever underestimate what your boldness in God can do for your nation. One person. And I believe I'm talking to people like that today world changers don't get discouraged about who's not helping you david would have never killed goliath if he tried to get his brothers to help him out or king saul there were a million other people that should have taken a run at goliath before he did and none of them did who cares i had to deal with that myself last year i thought there'd be some big ministry that would take care of america 
And then at some point you realize you got to do your own, your own actions. No one has the power to defeat me, and nobody has the power to give me victory. It's all in my hands. God put it in my hands. I mean, you know, he's on the throne. Yeah, he's on the throne. That doesn't do you any good if you, if you don't do what you have to do. God was on the throne the 40 days that Goliath was blaspheming his name. Until somebody takes action, nothing happens. Thanks, ninja. Number five, Luke 17, 28. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, Buying and selling, farming and building. Number five, there will be buying and selling up until the return of Christ. Stop preparing for an apocalypse before the apocalypse. I'm only 40 years old. I've already lived through about 13 straight years of the dollar's going to crash, gold's going to crash, the stock market's going to crash. The Christian has no dry seasons. Psalm 1 verse 3. In every season they bear fruit. Their leaves never wither. Whatsoever they do, it shall prosper. In our family, I'm talking the family of God, we don't have dry seasons. I don't know why there's this overarching view among Christians that the economy is going to collapse. Uh, they've always felt that way. They don't, maybe I can just clear this up on one broadcast. Church age, rapture, major trouble. Until the rapture, there's the beginning of sorrows, there's plagues. It, it, it's the, the, the rumble, the buildup, but the harsh stuff. Piece of bread can buy a ba bag of gold, hyper, that stuff, that's after the rapture. While we're here, we're provided for. There'll be plenty of oil, plenty of money. God's not going to let the supply run out. What's God going to keep the church on earth for? And then cut their supplies and ability to travel and preach. When the whole reason he's waiting is so people have time to be saved, which necessitates travel and preaching and public meetings. It's not going to happen. If I have to single-handedly prevent it, I will. 
Kristen said, look, look at what they did to Venezuela and look at what they're doing here and you'll understand why people take that stance. I, remember my earlier point. The church has to let it happen. You find me any country that goes through stuff like that, you're going to find a quiet, complacent church where the leaders don't speak out. I can't take care of all the nations, but I can take care of the one I'm in. A true minister is not just sent to a congregation. They're sent to their nation. God did not put me here to watch the devil take over. God put me here to call men and women out of darkness into light before it's too late and then give me everything that's required for life and godliness to get it done. I don't know who Kristen is, but you're, you're an awful negative lady, I can tell you that. Because the church hasn't been quiet and complete. I don't know where you live, but you probably should look into moving. I can tell by whatever anybody posts, and I'm probably right about 90% of the time. As soon as I read a post, I can, I can tell. That person either lives, lives in New York, California, pretty much there. Hawaii, Oregon, Washington. When you live with your head next to the toilet, all you smell is stink. So it might be good to get somewhere where you're not discouraged every day. If you think that, how are you going to say the church has been complacent as a whole when the largest churches in church history have been built in the last five years? When one organization started 10,000 new churches last year, Winner's Chapel. That's never been done in church history. So how, how are you going to say the church has been, you live in a crap place and you likely go to a crap church or you're just focused on negative things. It's one of those things. Because if you got around different people, you wouldn't feel like that. I know the church wasn't complacent in, in uh, Hobbs, New Mexico. Apopka, the other places were packed out the doors. Be careful saying harsh things about the church. Because the church is the body of Christ and the church is the bride of Christ. People need to be careful. You know. The church is weak. Oh, the body of Christ is weak? No, it's not. Maybe the little assembly you decided to go to is, but the church is not. And I'll tell you another thing while my blood pressure's up. How do I do basically the first four points of this on using your mouth to bind and loose and praise and rejoice? And then you still got people in the comments right neck. I mean, I guess some people need to have a, a, a go on a healing line to have God supernaturally clean the wax out of their ears. Freaking snap out of it. What a delusion, you know, to think you're an on-fire Christian, but you're actually a discouraged person who gets nothing done. But in your mind, you're like the last one left. But really, you're deceived. Because there's no way you could even personally be doing anything for the Lord and have an attitude like that. 
I just came out of five weeks of on fire meetings. I'm not saying the church has been weak at all. No, I was with pastors that are on fire for God. I was with Gary Monacalvo in Florida. He never shut his church down indoors one Sunday. The pastor I was with in Apopka, Florida, great guy. Dean Shropshire, one of the five best pastors I've met in 20 years of traveling. I don't like that kind of Christian. I don't want to attract that kind of Christian. I don't want them in my church when we launch it. I, I don't, they go find some prophetic ministry that just stays, that we're being attacked. And there's like a, go to that kind of ministry. This is a victory ministry. This is a faith ministry. This is a positive speaking ministry. I'm going to bring up Venezuela and Afghanistan. Where's the church there? They sent all the missionaries home in Venezuela before any of that happened, and they all left, didn't they? We had to leave. No, you don't have to. <laughs> if God called me to a nation, it would be a cold day in hell when I went home. Did you know they told Lester Summerall that he had to leave a nation he was in? The government called him and told him he has to leave. He said, I don't remember, remember you buying my plane ticket and hung the phone up. I don't know where this new generation of weak, dictated to believers came from, but I'm not one of them, and I don't want to either change and stay around me, or if you're going to stay negative speaking, go join another ministry that's prophesying about when Trump's going to get in the White House, uh, whenever it is now, whatever the fifth alteration of the prophecy is. Number five. There will be buying and selling. There will be functional economy up until the return of the Lord. So stop preparing for an economic apocalypse and start making plans to prosper. Make plans to increase. The kingdom of God is built on increase. God commanded man to increase. God expects man to increase. Get everything out of your head that's about decrease. They're going to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. And, the, and then what? And what? How will that affect you? I'm going to have plenty of money, plenty of oil, plenty of transportation, plenty of building materials, plenty of food, up until the coming of the Lord. And then I'll have it plenty then too, just in another place. That's the Bible. The church doesn't run out of resources. And you are all living stones in that house. Number five, there will be Luke 17, 28. There will be buying and selling up until the rapture. There will be functional economy. Stop preparing for an apocalypse. Start preparing for increase. There's a lady who I like a lot. She lives in her car 
in a gas station. That's her choice. When she's come to see me preach, I put her up in a hotel. I can't buy homes for everybody. Not yet. Give me a couple of years. She would message me incessantly during the election. If Biden gets in, they're going to do this. We need to pray that Trump stays in. If Biden gets in. I asked her. Trump is in office right now. Where do you live? In your car at a gas station. So what is Biden going to do that is going to deteriorate your life? It actually can turn into a mental disorder to get obsessed with uh, politics, to be honest with you. And you'd have a hard time finding somebody, thanks to doing Check the News, you'd, be, you'd have a hard time finding somebody that understands it, what's going on in the world, more than me. I read it every day. I'm not obsessed with it. When I finish this program, I'm going to go play video games with my friends. And then I'm going to work out later today so that I, if Jesus tarries, I'll still be a strong preacher at 75 years old. And I'm going to eat with my family. And I'm going to take my family to the shore for Labor Day weekend. Because I have victory. I had victory when Obama was in office. I had victory when Trump was in office. I have victory with Biden in office. Whoever the next guy is, I'll have victory then too. Because when I bind and loose, I'm done. I said it, God heard me, it's over. I don't have to stay and watch the devil pack his suitcase. We just really need to stay in faith. Yeah, how about starting with you, you troubled son of a gun? We just really need to stay in prayer. When people talk like that, there's no use you praying. The prayer of faith is what gets results, not the prayer of worry and consternation. I'm having the best year by far in the ministry this year that we've ever had with Joe Biden in office. You know why? Because the president doesn't determine my ministry. Presidents actually need to come see prophets. Prophets don't get their destiny determined to them by presidents. Did Elijah go see Ahab and ask if he could do something? Or did Ahab have to come see Elijah because Elijah was causing him trouble? Which one was it? And that was, that was under a worse dispensation. We actually have better than what Elijah had. I would like somebody to give me a legitimate reason to worry. You know, me and Nancy Pelosi aren't in the same class. Me and, jo me, me and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden aren't in the same class. Not in the spirit. If they'd like to join me, they can. They can get born again. They can get filled with the Holy Ghost. We're not on the same level, my friend. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above. And I'm commanded in the Bible to be a good little boy and pay my taxes 
and be at peace with people. So I am. But you can't cause me any trouble. I don't need a prayer team. I don't need a lawyer. All I need to do is open this mouth. You shall decree a thing and it will be established unto you. Whatever you're lacking, I know what you're not saying. Whatever you're worried about, I know what you haven't bound. Number six. Before I move on to number six. In March of 2020, when the pandemic hit, my wife bought a deep freezer. We filled it full of meat and other food. Because they were talking, you remember back then they were talking about they're going to black out the power grid, all that stuff. We not only had our best year in 2020, up until this year, blew it out of the water. We not only had our best year, one time when we were out on the road, we blew a circuit and our freezer went down and we lost all the food. I genuinely feel like that was the Lord telling me to quit preparing to run out. My blessing's not on that. My blessing is on increase. There will never be an anointing on your life to hoard and prepare for the worst. There will always be an anointing to go forward and multiply. Wow, you just made my day, Donnie. Met you in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Scroll up a little bit. Met you in Allentown, Pennsylvania. At the time, I was a heroin addict, and you prayed for me and spoke into my life. Thank you for your obedience to God. Because of you and your ministry, God reunited my family. Dang. Praise the Lord. Donnie, was that outdoors or indoors? Was it a, was it at a church, or was it when we, when we were outside in Allentown in the cold? You can go down. Amen, Anna. Don't make plans to run out. Make plans to increase. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for increase. I thank you for overflow. I thank you that this is the time of the church. I thank you for your blessing on us. As we throw ourselves wholeheartedly into the task that you've given us, which is to reconcile lost and dying men and women to you. Thank you for fresh anointing. Thank you for fresh empowerment. Thank you for new open doors, both for myself and everybody watching. Father, by faith, we take hold of a new open door. In Jesus' name. Thank you for larger platforms to preach the gospel. Thank you for a larger platform for those that are watching for, to do whatever it is they do. 
Thank you for divine increase. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, in advance that September, October, November, and December will be the greatest four months that we've ever known. I pray that these next four months would surpass the eight months before it. Father, your word says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. I command that money to change hands now. Show us by the anointing how to tap into it. Thank you that you're not coming back for a weak and defeated church. Thank you that you're coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. In Jesus' name. Oh, is that the Renaissance Hotel? I remember that. Man, I'm glad you wrote that to me because I feel like that meeting was a colossal failure. I rented a room. Hardly any people showed up. But you showed up and got delivered. That makes me happy. Well, you want to share your testimony, call up. Put the number up. Only call if you're Donnie, the ex-heroin addict, the new creature in Christ. Call me Donnie. 412-206-6274. I want to hear your testimony. I'm going to give it 30 seconds. All right, Donnie, let me hear your story. Oh, God bless you, brother. Dios te bendiga. That meeting was not a failure at all after 25 years of drug addiction. God delivered me from my addiction. Not only did God deliver me from my addiction, you spoke into my life, and after being divorced from my wife for five years, we re renewed our vows five years ago, got married. We live in the Panhandle, Florida, uh, Freeport. Uh, I'm in my third year of Bible college with the Assemblies of God. Which school? Or uh, online? Uh, the uh, Florida Southern District. Way to go. It's actually uh, the Global University. Man, that what a what a marvelous testimony! So you, how, why did you come to that hotel meeting? Who brought you, or how did you know about it? Uh, actually, my my sister, or my wife's uh, sister, uh, she found out about the meeting, and she actually told me about the meeting. And I I was avoiding her at the time. She took me in because I was homeless, and I was avoiding her like the plague. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did not want to hear it. Uh, I, I had given up on God. Uh, I thought God had given up on me. 
and she literally waited for me. Well, we actually, we got there, the meeting had already started. I was, you had it, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And I finally went with her, she got me, she said, listen, I need you to come. There's a gentleman, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, who's gonna be here. Uh, and I really think you need to go listen to this man. And I went and, you know, I went a little bit uh, under the influence and uh, didn't really want to be there. But what I loved about you was your honesty, your real. You know, you were speaking from the heart and it's like you were speaking to me. And, and, and it was like you knew what I was going through. I can't explain it. It's, it's hard for people to understand. It was a spiritual connection and you spoke. And then when you called up for prayer, I went up for prayer and you prayed for me and uh, I told you what the problem was and you prayed for my addiction. But then what blew my mind was when you said that God was going to restore everything that was taken from me. So I was like, okay, I went home. I thought about it. Me and my wife had been divorced now five years. Uh, she was living in Florida at the time with our 12 year old, we have a 12 year old daughter. And I, I was like, you know, okay, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever. But that stayed with me. And then I went uh, home that night and I prayed and I said, Lord, you know, I, I, this man, I can't explain it. When he spoke, I felt something, but I need to know that you're real. So I woke up the next morning and I woke up a little bit sick. So I still had a yearning for heroin, which kind of got me upset a little bit. And I was like, you know what? This is not gonna happen. So I, I actually went out and I bought uh, two bundles of heroin, which is anybody who knows two bundles is 10 bags in each bundle, 20 bags of heroin. And I locked the door to the room at my sister-in-law's house. And within an hour and a half, I shot 20 bags of heroin because I wanted to OD. That's how bad my life was over with. Hmm. And nothing happened. And I was so upset at you because of the because of the prayer that you prayed for me. I was like, that's this man's prayer from yesterday. And I could not believe that I just shot 20 bags of heroin in an hour and a half and nothing happened. Nothing. Should have got your money and back from the dealer at least. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh, you said God was gonna restore everything. Exactly within three weeks after that, me and my wife started talking again and she was serving the Lord out here in Florida, down here in Florida. She was serving the Lord and she said, you know, God spoke to me that something, he's working something in your heart and he's gonna reunite our marriage. And I was like, yeah, you're crazy. That's never gonna happen. We've been divorced five years. You know, there's no way that's gonna happen. But then I remember what you said, that everything that was taken from me was going to be restored. And it has. My marriage and my wife, we've been married five years now. Uh, we're getting ready for the ministry. Uh, I, ha I had a son when I was younger uh, that I hadn't seen in 20 years. And last month, my son reached out to me. Something that I thought would never happen. The last time I saw him, he was a year old. Wow. I never thought I would have that relationship with my son again. And God has restored it, and he restored it to a degree that when me and my son met for the first time, there was no animosity there, there was no uh, anger, no rage. He just 
opened his arms and, and said, you're my father and I've been dying to meet you for such a long time. And we embraced and when that happened, again, your ministry, what you've done came into my mind, how God used you. And I know that I'm here today, first and foremost because of God and then because your obedience to God, your faithfulness to him. And most of all, you're real. I mean, you're real. I mean, you're not, it's hard to explain. I mean, people, I, this is why I believe that when you go out to minister to the streets, people love you because you're real. You're transparent. You're not a phony. You can connect with us, which is for people like us who have been addicts and people from the streets, not too many people can connect, but because of your obedience and your anointing on your life, you can do stuff that not too many people can do. Well, you made my day, Donnie. I didn't know that testimony till today, and I'm I'm glad you called. Email uh, it's info at revivaltoday.com. Email just with your address and everything, and I'm going to send you uh, one of every book we have. Since you're going into the ministry, it'll be like really good, really good stuff, and a study Bible, every everything, everything you need to be a preacher. Okay, well, let me write this down real quick. Yep. Uh, info. Hold on, let me get this piece of paper. No, take your time. Uh, and and um, I also want, I just want you to understand that anytime that you want to come out here to Florida, uh, we live in Destin, near Destin, Santa Rosa Beach. I'm pretty sure you hear that. It's I called the Emerald Coast. Yeah, that's where, that's where everybody from, that, for, that's where everybody from Alabama, Louisiana, and Texas, and Texas goes on vacation. Yeah, it's it's beautiful up here. It's uh it's it's beautiful. It's uh has some of the most beautiful beaches. Just want you to know that anytime you and your family want to come out here, man, you have an open door to our home. You're more than welcome to stay here with your family. You know, nothing, man. Everything will be taken care of, man. Just your ministry has done so much. And now starting next month, I with the way God's been uh using uh to bless your ministry. Well, I, I appreciate that. There's the, let me send you all that stuff. Info at RevivalToday.com. Info at Revival.com. RevivalToday.com. Okay, RevivalToday. I don't know who Revival.com is. It's probably some young upstart ministry. Nope, nobody knows about it. <laughs> Info at Revival.com. Revival Today. Revival Today. Yeah, revival today. That's why revival today.com. Because revival.com, so revival.com is Rodney Howard Brown. I'm not. I'm not sure about that guy. <laughs> hey, I got hooked on him. I got. I got hooked on him watching you preach at some of his ministry, and I saw all of your services in uh, New Mexico, the Hobbs, New Mexico. I enjoyed every. I had people watching him. I was telling. Uh, sending the link to people that I know to watch and, and they were blown away by your your preaching and again your your transparency man you're, you're real man you're the real deal man well I, I love you Donnie I look forward to meeting you in person and you made my day so God bless you God bless you and your family God bless you brother thank you so much thanks have a great day boy that was so look I got through five of the ten so we'll do part two tomorrow Donnie gave me faith to pray for restoration. Everybody that's had God do a great thing in your life. But the thing that your life that it cost you hasn't come back. In other words, like you hear me tell the story of the lady that got healed of cancer, 
but then she was never going to be able to have babies again because the cancer and the treatments messed her reproductive organs up. But then the Lord restored them. So it's like Donnie. Donnie got delivered from heroin, but then he had a, everything that the attack shattered in his life was still shattered. But then God restored that. And hearing him get his wife back, his kid, then his other son, that, gives me, that just gives me faith to pray for you. So everybody that wants to tap into that, I want you to lift your hands and, and close both eyes. And I'm going to pray for God to restore to you everything the locust and cankerworm ate. Father, I love you. You are great and greatly to be praised. What a mighty God. Awesome are your works. Matchless is your name. There's nobody like you on the earth, and in heaven there's nobody beside you. You're a truly awesome God. What a privilege to know you. Your power is so great. love you so much thank you that you have the power to do what no one can do and that's restore anything everything that's been destroyed in anyone's life that's watching just like you did for Donnie do for them. And if they lost somebody and that destroyed their, their heart, give them a new heart. Bind up their broken heart. Thank you for divine restoration. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't heard, I'm going to go on primetime television for a week. It's going to be 17 grand a night right in there. That's what it was last time. Who knows if prices have changed now that Biden's in charge. I'm believing for five people, whether you do it from your business, ministry, or personally, that will sow a $17,000 seed and say, I'm going to take care of one night. There's a lot of Donnies out there, you know. That they're one encounter with the Word of God away from their life being saved. Their family being changed. That girl gets to grow up with her dad now. There's nothing like what the gospel does. I think we've already had two people give 17000 so I'm believing for three more. If you can't do 17000 I understand you can only do 15.5 or 14.8. I'm not going to hold it against you. And then if you can't do that and you want to sow a thousand, so Revival Today Kingdom Builders Bible, I'm going to send that as a thank you to everyone who does a thousand. For those that do 17,000 for one of those nights, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you 
some other type of special gift along with this, but I'm also going to send you the report we get in with the prayer requests and, and the numbers of how many people were affected by the broadcast, what you played a part in. Here's the ways you can sow. And I want you to sow. That's what your money is going to get used on. But I want you to sow this seed and mark it for a harvest for the best four months you've ever had, September, October, November, and December. Wherever there's a memo for that, if you're writing it on a check, on the online form, target your seed. Four months of supernatural increase, restoration. Hashtag donate on Facebook. Text RT to 50155. Dollar sign RT give on Cash App. Venmo at RT give. RevivalToday.com slash PayPal. If you want to do cryptocurrency or just the easiest way, just go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now. That has everything in one spot. The website is RevivalToday.com and you click Give Now. You can also scan that QR code if you want to give, uh, do crypt cryptocurrency. If you want to mail it, Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. If you want to do a wire transfer or something or you like talking to a human being, 412-446-2332. You see that at the bottom of your screen? 412-446-2332. However you give, please go to RevivalToday.com and click Claim My Offer. That ensures we get your name and address so we can send you uh, the thank yous because not all of the ways that you give collect the data. Thank you, Cara. God bless you. God bless you, Sandra. So that was part one, Divine Guidance for September 2021. Do part two tomorrow. I'll be on Check the News tonight at 11 p.m. Sorry, 10 p.m. I moved it an hour earlier because I'm 40 now. Love you so much. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.